Welcome back to EV News Daily. Uh, coming up today, Polestar 3 begins production. The MG4 gets an estate version and the Freewire bidirectional battery chargers. Plus, stay tuned, because later in the show, I'll tell you what BYD are saying about their European expansion as their own shipload of cars arrives on our shores. I said shipload. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're listening in the world. Welcome to EV News Daily, your trusted source of EV information for Tuesday, 27th of February. I'm Martin Lee, and I go through every EV story, so you don't have to, but I do get support from Patreon, and that's how we fund this show and put it on the air as an independent grassroots podcast produced without big sponsors telling us what to say and what to think about certain issues. It's all done through you, the kind people and organizations and businesses that support through Patreon at patreon.com slash evnewsdaily. Get your ad-free feed on there, and I would invite you to have a look at the link if it's at all of interest. Now, we'll start with news of Polestar 3. Polestar 3 kickstarts global production, commencing in Chengdu in China today, with plans to extend production to South Carolina by mid this year. A successful completion of the initial production test series at the US facility marks a big step forward. Uh, The Polestar 3 will be the first to be manufactured on two continents, aligning with their, their goals in North America and Europe and Asia. Now, let's talk the Renault Scenic E-Tech. The Renault Scenic E-Tech has been crowned Car of the Year, or rather more specifically, European Car of the Year, because the Car of the Year award is just called Car of the Year. But there is another award called the World Car of the Year, which is, you get what I'm saying. Uh, These cars have to be sold in the European market to be Car of the Year winner. And the Renault Scenic E-Tech, well, it is uh, the winner. It competed against others like the BYD Seal, the Kia EV9, the Peugeot E3008, and the Volvo EX30. It makes the first time that a Chinese-made car, the BYD Seal, has been shortlisted for this prestigious award. Panel of 59 automotive journalists in 22 countries. Now, the World Car of the Year, announced at the same event in the Geneva show, uh, includes the Kia EV9, Volvo EX30, and BYD Seal. Winner revealed March 27th at the New York International Auto Show. And if you're paying attention, you'll have noticed that all the cars I mentioned are electric vehicles. Of all the cars on sale, World Car of the Year, European Car of the Year, they're EVs. So what does that say? You've seen the negative coverage about EVs in the mainstream press for some reason. It's just in vogue to give EVs a battering for some reason or another. When you ask 59 auto journalists to pick their best cars of the entire year, they're all EVs. See, I think that speaks volumes, don't you? Let's move on. New Jersey is to phase out the EV sales tax waiver. They plan to gradually eliminate the sales tax exemption for new and used EVs over the next three years, as stated by the officials during Governor Phil Murphy's budget address. New Jersey had previously declared that all new car sales must be electric by 2035, with the policy starting to take effect at the end of 2026. Since 2004, New Jersey's enjoyed a 6.625% sales tax exemption. If you buy or lease or rent a new or used full EV under the zero-emission light-duty vehicle tax brakes, That excluded plug-in hybrids, didn't it, I think? Um, The charge-up program, offering $4,000 in rebates for New Jersey residents buying an EV, does persist 
Though the exact funding for the year remains unspecified, they do it in tranches. It get used, up, it gets used up. Then you have to wait for the next kind of window to open. Uh, the program has received about thirty million dollars in the past three financial years. Now let's talk about a really interesting story, and that is what MG will do with the MG4 and the MG5. Now. My mum, my stepdad have the MG5. I have the MGZS still on the driveway. Ah, oh, I'm so bad at selling cars. I'm quite good at buying them. I'm just really bad at... I'm good at collecting them. I'm really bad at selling cars. Um, MG is introducing an estate version of the MG4. Now, that's the smaller hatchback. It comes later this year, and it's aimed at replacing the MG5. Now, the MG5 SWEV did have a mid-cycle refresh, little touch-up on the outside, some vehicle-to-load stuff added. The MG5 was introduced in 2020, but that was that vehicle, at its most fundamental, is based on a Chinese vehicle, the Row i5, and that goes back to 2017. And so it's definitely time for some sort of update. Now, the forthcoming estate version of the MG4 will use the MG MSP, Modular Scalable Platform. And that means that you can switch the drivetrain from front to rear. Uh, the update is part of MG's broad strategy to refresh all of their EV ranges, uh, like the ZS EV and the redesigned HS. And this MG4 estate, if you think about what it might look like with that compact car, but extending the boot shape out with the great chassis that the MG4 is now, it's not the most luxurious vehicle at all in the world, but it's got some compelling options. It's got the extra extended range battery now, the high-performance version, and an estate version of it. I think it'll be big enough. It might be a bit smaller than the MG5, but I think it'll be big enough. There's also going to be the new MG3. That's the Super Mini and the second-generation Marvel R SUV, which I think looks quite interesting. Technologically, that also needs an update to get the charging speeds up above uh, am, I, am I thinking 75, 76 kilowatts on the Marvel R? Might be getting confused. We don't have it here in the UK. But either way, uh, second generation version of that, new MG tech. I mean, what, M, what the owner, SAIC and MG, have been really good at is bringing fresh models to the lineup using that big pet Chinese parent company and doing it really quickly, actually. And the MG4. Uh, still seems very fresh to me, but I guess it's even that's an older vehicle. An estate version? Mmm, tasty. Yes, please. Now, let's talk about another uh, big supplier to the car industry that we don't really get talked about because their badge isn't on the front of the cars, but the car makers couldn't make the cars without companies like, uh, well, Schaeffler, the German automotive parts supplier, announcing a $230 million investment for a new factory in Dover, Ohio, dedicated to EV components. The new facility will focus on making electric axles for light and medium-duty EVs. 80 miles south of Cleveland, construction begins in the middle of the year, aiming for completion by the third quarter of 2025. They're exploring incentives for the new plant under the Inflation Reduction Act, which promotes EV assembly and component manufacturing and onshoring it to North America. Additionally, they finished expanding their Ohio factory by 90,000 square feet, where it makes electric motors and EV powertrain components already. Now, let's talk FreeWire. I love the FreeWire technology by the way, and I've used their chargers and they work really well. It's the battery boosted EV chargers. Freewire's Boost Power Pro 
is their latest. And this time it's going to, well, sort of follow up a little bit about a story that we did yesterday on the podcast about uh, Neo's battery swap station feeding back into the grid. And this is going to be the same. So FreeWire's battery or Boost Power Pro will be bi-directional. And it enables the battery backup charger. And these are quite big units because they've got quite big batteries inside them. Enables them to supply electricity back to the grid or back to the business that has it on their premises. The Pro Series can function as a large-scale energy storage system. It can trickle charge from a smaller grid connection. Very, very important. It can uh, just you know, avoid those demand charges. And yet it can dump a huge amount of power into an EV when it plugs in. Unlike the non-Pro models, they provide DC fast charging up to 200 kilowatts and they accept a low-power input. The Boost Power Pro features two charging cables. Uh, they've gone with a CCS1 and a J3400, which is the official new name for the old NAX name. So Tesla Connector. Tesla called it the NAX Connector, uh, which they were trying to make it known as a kind of a standard, but nobody did anything with that for about know, six months or a year until Ford came out and said, we'll put it on the side of our cars and until the industry, the SAE standards body, uh, got involved. And it's no longer the Tesla connector, and it's no longer the Nax connector, uh, although it probably will be colloquially known as that for a little while. That was just really a placeholder name for what is the connector. Now, it's based on the CCS protocol. It's so funny, people say, oh, you know, Tesla's so much better than CCS. Well, yeah. <laughs> uses the same protocol and it works just fine but anyway all the underlying stuff so uh, the point being is that the the new chargers coming will have you know one cable ccs1 one cable j3400 which is the new name for formerly known as nax and so that's kind of because it's not what tesla put out into the world when hey we're going to have the north american charging standard and here's nax J3400 actually moved that on a little bit, and it incorporates some other stuff as well, and it'll incorporate way that cars that they AC charge as well. Anyway, um, and so that's what we should probably call the connector. And what that does, by calling it J3400, which is its name, by the way, it kind of moves it away from Tesla world because people get, get really confused because once you start talking about the Tesla connector, they immediately connect it with the supercharger network, and they're like, oh, we're talking about, Cars charging on V3s and V4s. There's nothing to do with that. This is the connector. This is the technology. It's entirely divorced from the deals that the OEMs are cutting with Tesla to access their network. So if we can just split those two things out, it's why companies like Freewire can now put the J3400 plug on the side of their units and not have to ask permission from Tesla because it's no longer Tesla's connector. Each unit has a 150 kilowatt hour integrated battery pack with a grid connection up to 53 kilowatts, but can be slower. The Pro Series can put battery power back into, through the software, back into either the business that owns it, that runs it as a revenue stream for peak energy period. Uh, batteries within the chargers uh, then get charged either at low rates or low cost energy periods, maybe when renewables are higher. And you can put that energy into an EV, like I said. Right. We'll take a quick break. We'll talk about Toyota's uh, Mirai Hydrogen and BYD turning up in Europe with their own shipload of cars. I said shipload on the way next.
Well, if you'd like to, if you did hear an ad, if you didn't, then Brucey bonus. If you did hear an ad, maybe two, then you can strip those out and get an ad-free feed, which is, it feels cleaner, you know, if you want to. It's a Patreon thing that you can pay five, ten dollars a month more if you're an organisation or just a very generous individual um, or a business to get a daily mention. But uh, for that, you get your own private feed. Uh, which is ad-free. Now, thank you very much to everyone who does that already at Patreon, patreon.com slash evnewsdaily. How I earn a living these days. So how I pay my bills and put food on the table for the kiddos. And so I still find it crazy. I come from really old-fashioned, linear radio, and just the idea that an individual can set up shop, be a creator, be a business of one, and be funded by individuals, and that I make a living <laughs> just blows my mind. Right, let's talk a little bit about Honda unveiling the CRV uh, plug-in hybrid. Uh, this is a funny little thing. The CRV plug-in hybrid has a 25. 25- 29-mile battery range, actually, uh, which is not strange. It has a plug socket that you can recharge the battery, which is not strange. And for the engine, it hasn't got one. It's got a hydrogen fuel cell. So it's a 17-kilowatt-hour battery pack for electric-only driving. But it'll switch over to the hydrogen cell for another 241 miles of range. It's the first time a hybrid, a a plug-in hybrid has come out, offering the range extender model but with hydrogen as the range extender, otherwise a relatively large battery pack that you can then recharge from a plug. Well, currently the US has only 52 public hydrogen fueling stations. They're all in California, and they're all in San Francisco and Los Angeles. Uh, The model will be the only fuel cell passenger car made in the US. It's in Ohio, actually, utilizing a fuel cell jointly developed with GM and alongside Honda as well. It'll be a curiosity, if anything, uh, but barely that. Because, unfortunately, for those people who bought the things like the Toyota Mirai, they're finding out you can't refuel the things. Toyota even recently introduced a $40,000 rebate on the Mirai in California. That takes the price from sixty-seven dollars to $27,000. Uh, that accounts uh, for, well, 60% of the list price, right? Uh, but it gets better. Uh, Toyota give you a $15,000 fuel car to spend on hydrogen, which you need because the rising fuel cost has, like, tripled in California for hydrogen. So what used to cost $50 a tank is now $150 to fill your car up. Uh, In Japan, the demand for hydrogen vehicles plummeted. Sales dropped 83% over the last two years. Only 400 were sold last year. In Japan, the country that is ideologically wedded and keeps telling us, Toyota, Honda, keep telling us, you're going to be driving hydrogen cars. It's the future. Everyone's going to have one. No, it's not. Stop banging that drum. Uh, However, they just can't sell them. And so they're basically, by the time you work all those discounts in California for the Mirai, it's almost a free car. So if, you live, if you're in California and you live next to a hydrogen fueling station and it's your second or third car and you want a toy, it's all with the, the $15,000 fuel uh, car they give you and also some other discounts on top of that. You can only lease them as well, I think. It's almost a free car. So it's worth having a play if, if you can refuel it. And lots of people can't because the stations are closing down one by one by one. And Toyota, I think, are just giving people higher cars now until the lease expires. That's what I've read anyway. It might be true, might not be true. Um, it was a reputable source that I was reading this from uh, and saying that for the buyers that are complaining quite a lot to Toyota, saying, look, I can't refuel. I've got to travel 60 miles to refuel. And then I've got to you traveled 60 miles back to my house. They, they are spending more time in, in Toyota courtesy cars. <laughs> 
than their own hydrogen car. Let's talk about BYD turning up on European shores with their own Explorer Number 1. That's the name of their own ship. It docked in Germany, and it's just delivered 3,000 vehicles. It's a row-row, roll-on, roll-off. Capacity for 7,000 vehicles, and BYD have it. It's it, it. They've got so many cars to get out of China and into Western markets. They're now It's the first of seven ships, I think, that they've ordered from the shipbuilders. And it, the vessel is the first. It's the first of eight planned um, in terms of BYD being so vertically integrated, they haven't even got to go to the marketplace and ask for shipping because they'll have their own roll-on, roll-off ferries. It arrived in Bremerhaven in Germany, signifying a big step in BYD strategy to broaden its reach to the Western markets. They made over 3 million cars in China and have sold 240,000 internationally. At the Geneva Motor Show, BYD introduced the supercar, the Yangwang U8, an off-road SUV, that is, uh, rather, and also the U9, the, the supercar. And uh, also their price reductions recently of their cheaper cars uh, down to just over 10,000 US dollars equivalent. So they're doing everything at BYD. Let's talk Hyundai accelerating EV production at their Georgia facility. Advanced production timelines have been moved forward. It's what we love to hear, don't we? This is great. I'm so excited about this. It's set to begin EV manufacturing, not in 2025. In 2024, at the end of this year, Hyundai say, we're going to have the factory ready quicker than we thought, and we're going to start making vehicles there. Uh, The state of Georgia has declared February 26th Hyundai Day. That was nice of Georgia. Uh, Celebrating the automaker. Uh, It's going to make EVs there like the Arnic 5 and the Arnic 6. 40,000 jobs created and 8,500 indirect jobs as well. Uh, The battery manufacturing facility is in partnership with SK On, adds 3,500 jobs, and they are establishing training centres and indicating sort of a broader commitment to developing education in the the area as well about electric vehicles. And that's your podcast for today. Thanks for listening. And a mention, as always, every day for our premium partners. You can be one too if you're a business or an organisation via our Patreon page and hear your name every single day uh, to all the thousands of people listening around the world to this podcast. Uh, the premium partners, Porsche of the Village in Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii, Derek Riley from Nevo.ie and the Nevo EV Review Island YouTube channel, Octopus Electroverse Global Public Charging made simple with one app and one map and lease plan electric moments, providing all the tools and guidance EV drivers need. Have a good and see you tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.